talk about witches today. Yes, we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Pretty Good Crab Curious podcast. It's uh, been some time and we have some old friends here today. Oh, one singular. Um, we're going to talk about WandaVision. It just wrapped up on Disney Plus, uh, the continuation of the MCU. Canon wise, this is the first event after the end of uh, Endgame. So, uh, here to talk to me uh, about it today, you've heard her on other comic book movie podcasts, uh, namely Spider Man Far From Home and the Arrowverse podcast. We have Liz. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. I am Liz. As Bryson mentioned, you've heard me on those other episodes and also an episode about romance novels. And I now co-host a romance novel and other media podcast called Make Out Already. And you can find that on all, what's it, let me try to be professional here, iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you get podcasts. Yes, <laughs> on the podcatcher of your choice, it's available. And it's really we also good. have a website now, it's makeoutalreadypod.com, so if you want to just go there and find the links to everything, you can do that. Look at you making me seem small time now. <laughs> no, man, you inspired me. I was like, oh, like brown people do podcasts too. Yeah, yeah, we out Rob, here. Yeah, Rob, uh, this is all his idea and he didn't even update his website for us. He just plugs his great photography and stuff all about him. I mean, Rob, you got to um, update the website, man. I know, right? This could have been the Crabby Curious Podcast Network. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> But you guys can check it out. Meg is also on that podcast and she's yes. been on here a few times before. And uh, Ben's even made an appearance or he's known Mr. Meg. On, Mr. Meg, uh, yeah. Meg <laughs> he was the uh, first dude who has ever been on our podcast. Okay, distinction, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but today, um, I'm sure we'll touch on some romantic themes as well about WandaVision. This is a series that Kind of had it all, a little bit for everybody's romance, drama, suspense, action, um, and even some things some people weren't big fans of, but we're going to get into all of that. So um, I guess I'll start off before you actually watched it, when it was first announced, leave a year or two ago, um, what kind of expectations did you have? Were you excited? Um, were you lukewarm on it? How did you feel initially when you heard about being created? I was excited because some MCU content was actually coming out on Disney Plus, which, you know, The Mandalorian was unexpected and great, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I paid $70 for Disney Plus um, because I wanted to see the Miss Marvel series pretty much, which won't be until later this year. So it'll be two years of Disney Plus where I basically just watch one show. So I was excited to get something new. And I haven't seen the Wanda centric movies in the MCU so I saw um Infinity War and Endgame so I saw her relationship with Vision and his death and knowing that a character had died and that he was coming back with initially no explanation was very intriguing and that's a very comic book thing so I I always like to see how are they going to bring someone back so um I didn't really have expectations, but I thought that it looked fun and different and quirky and like a mystery would be involved. Yeah, I was uh, kind of, when it was announced, I was really excited about it. And uh, like you said, the mystery around vision, I thought they would go a different route, which we'll get into later with some of the stuff that happened in Infinity War with Shuri, uh, you know, T'Challa's younger sister Mm -hmm. downloading his DNA before 
know Thanos fingered him to death. Um, or <laughs> um, however you want to put it, I guess I can get away with saying it like that. When the actual uh, trailers came out, I guess because it seemed like I saw the trailers for so long, I got less excited about it. Um, it took my anticipation down from like an eight or nine to like a five or six. But of course, you know, the, the Friday it came out, I was up at like whenever early as I possibly could watching the first two episodes. So mm-hmm. um, I was going to watch it either way. And like you said, it's good. Disney Plus finally has some original content on there I'm interested in. Um, no uh, no hate to the people that are waiting for that Lizzie McGuire reboot or even Stevens <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, I was in it for the, the Marvel part um, other than like the old X-Men cartoon, which I watched endlessly on there. I need to do that, but I know that once I do, I'm going to just waste so much time. Uh-huh. That's the uh-huh. the only uh, media in which the only medium in which a Dark Phoenix adaptation has been done successfully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the only thing with that, for some reason, they still haven't fixed this. The episodes are out of order on Disney mm. Plus. They get the first two seasons right, and then you need to like look up something on Reddit on how to watch them. It's really apparent too, like things happening but yeah they do get the dark phoenix right and uh maybe they'll uh get that right on film one day speaking maybe. of x speaking of x-men themes um were you familiar with any of the comic book elements to wander vision i know i um anticipated a lot of house of m stuff which didn't exactly happen but it could, still could um what was your WandaVision, I guess, experience comic book-wise beforehand? My experience with Wanda in the comics was zero. I don't think that I had ever encountered her. I was aware of her as, of her and Quicksilver as Magneto's children. Obviously, we don't know that to be the case in the MCU. You know, they could be, or they could be going in a totally different direction. Um, Mm -hmm. But that was all I knew of her as a member of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah, I'm saying, but I knew more about Scarlet Witch than Vision. Um, I guess my first real introduction to Vision wasn't until like a video game a while ago where he's he's in it um, before the movies. Um, but yeah, I just, I guess I knew the House of M storyline where she goes crazy and rids the world of mutants. And it's just like Magneto and his royal family are alive. So Magneto and Polaris, Quicksilver, Wanda and their kids. Um, but yeah, so... Um, so in House of M, when she said no more mutants, did she, people just lost their abilities, right? Yes. It wasn't so that like, she wiped you them know, out, yeah. she murked them. Mm-hmm. So she uh, created like, it was like the hex in this one, Westview, except it was the whole world. So mm-hmm. she reimagined it how she wanted it to. So it was her, her family, it was like the royal family of the world. And I believe, of course, Wolverine somehow still, cognitively aware of the world before and it's up to him to reverse things um if i remember correctly i might it might not have been wolverine but someone was it's probably no i i watched (laughs) a video about house of them the other day and it was wolverine and he was kind of the the linchpin of the days of future past movie right yeah kind of like um, they took elements of that yeah which i guess days in future past you know they send wolverine back in time I believe in the comics, it's actually Kitty in that role instead of Logan. But, you know, Hugh Jackman was the big star of the Fox series. So mm-hmm. got to change some stuff up. Yeah. So before we get into the setting and the actual uh, 
meat and potatoes of the series. Uh, just a quick question. Did you like that it came out weekly or would you prefer to binge these kind of things? What's your preference? It was nice to have something to look forward to and to give me a will to live from week to week. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I like both. I like binging a series and I like watching from week to week and having that anticipation, everyone in the world having the same conversations online. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of, I'm a bit of, I like binging more, but I think they did a phenomenal job in most of the episode with cliffhangers. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously they're not going to hit the same if it's released all at once. Like I believe Netflix, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Iron Fist, they just release it all at once. And I always felt like it was a competition between me and my friends, like who's going to wake up at 3 a.m. and who's going to, you know, grab some breakfast and watch and not turn away and try to knock out all 13 in one sitting. Um, like you said, this one, the episodic stuff, you have time to, you know, breathe it in. Uh, have time, like with you, we would text every week about our theories. You had all the uh, TikTok videos on lock. Um, obviously, I'm too lame to get into TikTok, but you showed me some ones, made me feel hip. WandaVision <laughs> TikTok was incredible. It was my entire For You page, just WandaVision comedy and theories. And that that was what I really enjoyed from week to mm -hmm. week. And then uh, Black Twitter got a hold of Wanda with uh, what's in uh, LaWanda and uh, Vishon. Vishon, yeah. Vishon. Might use it as the uh, photo for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Vishon uh, with his turtleneck. Nah, I don't talk to Wanda anymore. Yeah, I don't talk to her no more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so ahead, as we're getting into the plot and the series itself, there will be spoilers should go without warning. But in case you're just a devout listener of the podcast and want to listen anyway just know that it will probably spoil everything um and lead you astray with some crazy theories probably <laughs> so, um wandavision takes place i believe it is a week after the end of endgame we are led to believe that wanda goes to a military base and retrieves vision's body um of course you know thanos destroyed him and then she goes to Westfall, New Jersey, and she creates a hex around this neighborhood in which everyone seems to be stuck in a sitcom, a revolving door of sitcoms. So that's the premise for the series. Now, as far as the setting for the changing um, landscape of Westview, which pays homage to several sitcoms, um, anywhere from uh, Dick Van Dyke to uh, Dream of Genie, all the way up to Modern Family and Malcolm in the Middle. What did you think of the setting uh, in the Hex and uh, Westview and, and the life outside of it in general? The sitcom premise was really cool. I love sitcoms. I grew up watching old ones on Nick at Night and all the way up to Modern Family. I was a big fan and was an avid viewer of that show up until the last few seasons, which I missed. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love that Westview we find out it's just like this dinky kind of rundown New Jersey town and Wanda basically like came in and gentrified it mm -hmm. but um you know people got to stay in their homes they didn't like get priced out of the neighborhood so you know she she was at least a an ethical developer in that <laughs> sense uh but yeah um and I thought that I loved watching the videos from week to week talking about the different cinematography things 
that I'm going to pay more attention to on the rewatch, like how the aspect ratio would move back and forth Mm -hmm. from when they were in the sitcom to when we were watching the outside world and the sword base. Uh, So I, I really enjoyed the way that the setting was a character. Yeah, I did too. Um, I, you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme when he's pointing at the screen, like, look, there it is. I get it. Like um, each time it was a different uh, era of show. That's where I point like, oh, I know that show. That reminded me a lot of my grandmother. Um, well, most of the time when I went over to my granny's house and they, they've watched every episode of Gunsmoke and Bonanza probably 5,000 times. They watch Westerns, but they would have like the, you know, the what we say TV land, Nick at Night kind of stuff on. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that reminds me, uh, you know, um, I Love Lucy. I think that was the second episode, probably first or second episode. And then, you know, the Modern Family one was really uh, obvious. I thought um, um, Wanda really got her Claire Dumphy vibes down. I think it was episode seven or eight when they did the Modern Family ones. It was exactly mm-hmm. like her from the show, um, which was cool. And it was, it was a fun thing um, each week trying to guess. And like you said, seeing the Easter eggs, even down to, I believe, in the first four or five episodes, they had commercials. Some of them were to deal with Hydra, some of them were to deal with Stark Industries, but they were all setting appropriate, how you would imagine a commercial would be back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was good. What did you think about the um, how they set up the little um, temporary base outside the hex with the military trying to figure everything out? Did you, did you like that as a contrast or how um, that might have paralleled some stuff going on in Wanda's life? I, I think that the outside world coming into Wanda's life. What appealed to me was all these different characters like Jimmy Woo and Darcy and Monica coming into play and getting to have the context of when this is happening in relation to the Snapture. Um, But as far as parallels to Wanda's life, it seemed like aside from Monica, we didn't see a lot of people really dealing with the aftermath of Mm -hmm. the blip or that grief like Wanda was. So it was kind of weird. It seemed like more cleaned up than things were at the end of Endgame, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Monica's the only one that really touched on it, you know, because she was blipped and in that time her mother wasn't but her mother passed away Mm -hmm. Uh, so i think they show her waking up in the hospital and they're like oh no your mom died three years ago um it does seem like everyone else has dealt with it well since it's been i guess five years to some of them Mm -hmm. um they looked at it you know in spider-man far from home they kind of looked at it in a comedic way like yeah it's five years and we're still stuck in junior high even though some people are older than us and some people yeah <laughs> so um, yeah, it's weird that, that Far From Home takes place after WandaVision. We mm-hmm. now know. Which uh, I had questions about because this thing's happening in New Jersey where um who they've made out to be either the strongest or second strongest Avenger if you go between her and Captain Marvel has literally trapped people and indoctrinated them in a little bit while she deals <laughs> with her own grief. And there's no mention of it in Spider-Man. And I, I wouldn't say it's because they didn't know whoever the people that have crafted the M- MCU have been very careful of, you know, leaving things open and, you know, not having to retcon a lot of stuff, except for yeah. like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and um, the Netflix series, which were supposed to be part of it for a while. Um, but then again, I guess it could go back to, you know, government keeping stuff under wraps. Yeah, so, like I was I said, kind of thinking government cover up. Mm-hmm. 
which uh, maybe that'll come up more as, as we get more movies and series, especially Doctor Strange, but we'll get to Doctor Strange and uh, the lack thereof later probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. As for characters that were in the show, um, what did you think of Wanda and Vision, obviously the, the title characters, but what did you think of the other ones? I know, I feel like this should be unanimous, but Katherine Hahn's uh, portrayal of Agatha or Agnes um, was great. And she had a, bop, a pure bop as a song. Um, oh my gosh. I've been singing that like crazy. Yeah. Catherine Hahn was such a, I mean, she's always been funny. She mm-hmm. was just a revelation in the show. Like she needs to be nominated for an Emmy. She needs all the awards, all the accolades, a spinoff series, anything. Like I am president of the Catherine Hahn fan club now. Uh, as far as other characters, I think Monica was the realist mm-hmm. and Jimmy Woo was a fun, lighthearted character to be able to watch from week to week. I There's one scene where Hayward was being a dick to Darcy and to Monica and Jimmy stepped in and said something like, hey, so I know that you want to just berate your colleagues right now, but... And I was thinking like, oh, that's how I wish that all male coworkers behaved. And I work in a mostly like female environment, so I don't have this problem anymore. But when I worked in really male dominated environments, there was definitely like a lot of dudes talking over women and no one coming mm-hmm. to their defense. Hold um, on, oh, let me talk over I, you right I, now. Just yeah, I just, I just have to like, I have to get in my bullshit about the patriarchy at least like once an episode so everyone take a drink uh yeah what was I even fucking talking about sorry can I curse on here yeah you're fine okay I know how to edit (laughs) you can bleep me Meg had to bleep me the other day because I'm (laughs) spoiling things yeah well you were you were mentioning um that Monica seemed she was real you appreciated (laughs) that uh, Jimmy was lighthearted, but you know stood up when it was time to Although I'll say um, from Ant-Man, he was a comedy character in Ant-Man too, both of the Ant-Man movies, but he, he seemed a lot more serious, even though it didn't, he wasn't a serious character, which mm-hmm. I liked uh, framing him in a different way. Same with Darcy. She was just kind of Natalie Portman's sidekick in Thor. Now she's a doctor herself. And yeah, good for her. Mm-hmm. Moving on up in the world. Uh, I was... It made a lot of sense to me that Darcy was supposed to have a bigger role in the finale before production shut down because Mm -hmm. she was so involved in the series up until the last episode. In the last episode, she was just, you know, she had one line of dialogue and Mm -hmm. she didn't stay for the debrief because debriefs are the week, which I respect that. I respect like not hanging Mm -hmm. around for the paperwork, just being like, I'm not, uh, I'm I clocked out at five, everyone. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my time now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think about um, Elizabeth Olsen's portrayal of Wanda or dealing with grief and the ever-changing settings? Did you, did you feel her emotion? Did you like it? I did. I think going back to what you said about expectations, I don't think that this show was anything like what people expected because... I don't think that the showrunners could have anticipated how relevant the show was going to become during COVID. How Mm -hmm. we've all become isolated 
in our own little world and taking refuge in whatever it is that we find comfort in, like people baking sourdough bread or binge watching Tiger King. Like we created (laughs) our own little sitcom realities in our COVID bubbles because, and you know, as time went on, we realized how much we were grieving. Like in the beginning, it's like, oh, I get to go work from home for two weeks. This is, you know, this is cool. And then time goes by and you're like, wow, there's a lot of people who are dead and people who are sick and things are really bad and people don't have their jobs. And we all just like keep working and keep acting like everything's fine when the whole world's falling apart. And that's exactly what was happening in the show. It was like the perfect metaphor for right now. Uh, and I found her grief to be really relatable. I found all the mental illness themes to be relatable. Elizabeth Olsen was incredible in that performance. And what I really liked was that, okay, everyone drink. Uh, I think <laughs> that in media, women aren't allowed a lot of nuance I like that Wanda, okay, here's an example. So in Once Upon a Time, spoilers for a show that's been over for years and years. Uh, the, are you familiar with that show at all? Yeah, it was on ABC. So Disney should put it on Disney Plus as well. That's yeah, it's on, it's on Disney Plus too. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, the last few seasons were hot trash. But um, in the show uh all the fairy tale characters are now living in the modern day but they don't remember that they're fairy tale characters and the now brainwashed snow white and prince charming they don't know that they're married in the other reality they start having an affair because in this Mm. fake reality he is married to someone else but then it's all better because they were actually married in real life in, in real life in the fairy tale world mm-hmm. so him being married was fictitious a really complicated unrelatable example to show that you know i would have preferred for them to for it to be like yeah they did a bad thing and mm-hmm. they're still the heroes of the show like we're rooting for them you don't need to justify it as like well they didn't actually do a bad thing it didn't really count i like that wanda did a fucked up thing like she took people i'm sorry for cursing um (laughs) she took people hostage and they were feeling her grief and it's not like she had no idea you know she had some idea of what was Mm -hmm. happening she had an inkling that you know are they okay i'm not sure if they're okay i'm keeping them against their will but i am keeping them safe she did a bad thing and still wasn't made to be a villain I was, that was what I was really afraid of, that she was going to be turned into a villain. And that's what a lot of people were expecting. I'm glad that at the end, her doing the bad thing didn't keep her from then becoming a hero and coming into the fullest expression of her power and of herself. Not yet, at least. She is stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme, or so they said. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean that she's gonna fight him. Yeah, for or a fight second, him to the I'm, death. I'm not gonna lie. The end for a second, I'm like, oh, she's gotta pay for something. I think that stems from my uh, PTSD from uh, Captain America: Civil War. Um, for those of you have, who haven't seen it, it turns out that the Winter Soldier, who had been indoctrinated since he uh, 
presumably died in action in World War One with Cap. Um, he he'd been just used to, as a mercenary. He was under control of people, and he killed Tony Stark's dad, Howard Stark. Um, now he was under control when he did it. Captain America was aware of this, didn't tell Tony until Tony found out, and then Captain America and Bucky proceeded to beat the crap out of Iron Man. And Iron Man was the bad guy, even though his dad got killed, but yeah. Bucky had killed him, but he was indoctrinated, um, which I think is a lot worse than what Wanda did. Um, she didn't kill anybody. Um, she just kind of held him hostage um, as she was dealing with stuff. But she also wasn't aware of the magnitude of her powers. Mm-hmm. Um, as Agatha pointed out several times, like, you're a witch. You don't even realize how to do a spell, um, which I hope will lead to Agnes being a character in the future kind of like she's her mentor in the comics. Maybe Wanda will come back to her. She tries to figure things out. Um, since she has the raw power, but she doesn't have the uh, the skill. I think uh, Agatha might even mention something exactly like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I really like the uh, the parallel you drew with real life, you know, just moving along like everything's fine when it isn't. <laughs> um, it's become normalized when it shouldn't be normalized that everything isn't okay. <laughs> yeah, it was like the day of the Capitol insurrection. Like, mm-hmm. I I know at my job, no one was like, hey, is everyone okay? Like, do you need to take some time? Like, let's finish mm-hmm. work for the day because this history is happening right now and it's kind of crazy. No, we just all like kept sending emails. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, how do you think that Paul Bettany did his vision or vision's character? Is he at the beginning, he was kind of like any Westview resident, you know, he mm-hmm. was just going along with it, everything is normal, and he, each episode, I think he slowly becomes more aware that he's not alive, that vision is kind of a vision, mm-hmm. um, and that he's got to save his wife, and uh, we can get to the kids later, and his kids that he have has that aren't really real either. Um, how did you think he dealt with becoming self-aware throughout the series, and also some of the comic stuff he did earlier the comic relief stuff like the uh, talent show I love the talent show um I think Paul Bettany was such a dreamboat in this role like I I can see why the Vishon memes have taken off I I think that he did a good job of portraying someone who suspects that someone they love is lying to them and how you want to give the benefit of the doubt to the person and slowly it is harder and harder to do that but then he came back around to accepting her reasons for doing what she did uh I thought that he so skipping ahead it was great to see the range that he has not just from playing the comedic characters to more the dramatic evolution of vision but watching him against himself against like a cold terminator version of himself yeah so i i really liked his performance and i think that he and elizabeth olsen have amazing chemistry and i bought every second of their relationship including the more over the top 1950s version Mm -hmm. of them yeah they uh they really do even in the other MCU movies prior to this, they don't give the, those two a lot of screen time, but it's it's pretty apparent with the limited time those characters have together developing a relationship that the chemistry is there. Um, so it, it shouldn't have been any surprise for anyone when the series came out that that was going to continue. Uh, Vision getting the show a, a funnier side since he was this mm-hmm. serious, you know, 
android created from the remnants of Ultron and Tony's mind and all that stuff. He's got um, like three daddies and no mom. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was really charming when he needed to be. And also, um, like you said, the scene where white vision fights, I don't want to say colored vision, but. Um, <laughs> you you got to cut that out. <laughs> yeah. Where, Red vision. Uh, yeah. Hex vision. Reg Hex vision versus. Uh, yeah, the military vision where he mm -hmm. uses his um, his mind to fight instead of just, you know, his mind stone he still had and the hex and whatnot. And that's like the classic vision when he first was created. He did show a lot of range. Mm -hmm. um, he didn't have the emotional burden that Wanda had to carry, but he certainly did when he comes to realize that he wasn't really real. Um, speaking of not real, uh, what do you think about the children, uh, Billy and Tommy, who become uh, Wiccan in speed in the comics and Young Avengers, which may foreshadow something later down the road in the MCU. I have so many questions about the children, probably more about that than anything else because of that line right before, right after Wanda puts them to bed for the last time and knows that they're going to disappear from existence. Thank you for choosing me to be your mom. Now, if she created this entire reality, but some of the things weren't totally under her control we're still like sort of spontaneously like a domino effect of other things that she said in emotion what did she mean by thank you for choosing me to be your mom because that doesn't feel like you know if that line didn't mean anything she would have said something like i'm glad i got to be your mom mm -hmm. you know something that shows that doesn't show agency of the children. Mm -hmm. So does she know something that we don't know about these children or that they exist in a different version in the multiverse or just what does she know that we don't know if anything? Cause now I don't trust Marvel at all because yeah. they're out here trolling. Oh, I'll tell you why I don't. Yeah, we'll talk about trolling <laughs> and character in a second and get you yeah. fired up. Um, the kids, I don't know. That's a, that's a, you're, that's, a good observation of how she said that. I was thinking too, um, now everyone in Westview with the exception of Agatha, um, they're, it's kind of like Get Out, uh, the movie Get Out, the scariest movie alive, especially for <laughs> someone who dates white women. They're definitely the scariest thing I've ever seen. Um, where the person who's been taken over, they can still, they're still along for the ride, but they can't do anything. That's kind of how the Westview people were, right? Um, so maybe the kids, even though they were created, like they had the choice to be aware of what's happening, but they still stuck with their mom. That I don't know. That's a that's a good question. I mean, I can tell you in the comics that she created them with part of Mephisto. Um, because Vision, I don't want to get into anatomy of an android. I don't think they can physically have kids, but you never know. Um, <laughs> she, he does have part of Tony and. Tony I mean, I feel like Tony probably like gave him an attachment yeah, it's to help yeah. out Wanda. But, yeah. um, you know, as far as the functionality of it, it's true. I don't, true. I don't think that those aren't his kids. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to tell him, but <laughs> he's not the father. Yeah. Time to get Mari Povich on the WandaVision show. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think you're right the way she said it. There's, they'll definitely come back in some capacity, right? Uh, and especially in um, 
in Endgame, we saw that uh, Paul Rudd, Ant-Man, James Lang, um, he had a daughter. She's grown up now. Mm -hmm. um, she could be the next wasp or something in that world. We know that Hawkeye had a bunch of kids and Kate Bishop's like the next Hawkeye in the comics. Uh, Wicked and Speeder and the Young Adventure in the comic books. Um, I don't know what, what, what other characters they might have, you know, offspring in the future, but that, that, that's certainly possible. Maybe they'll make a Star-Lord and Gamora character, a kid or something. We're um, also getting America Chavez in Doctor oh, yeah. Strange 2, and it's we're getting true. the Ms. Marvel show, Ms. and Marvel's Ms. Marvel is going to be in Captain Marvel. So I think we talked about this in the Far From Home episode, that mm -hmm. they're definitely setting up some young Avengers. Hmm. And I would say Monica potentially could have been in that, but, you know, they've made her a little bit older, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, she could be a mentor. That's true. Yeah, that's true. She has uh, gained her powers. Speaking of Monica, uh, we've touched on her a little bit earlier. What did she think of her arc into her powers and coming to grips with, uh, with grief herself? You know, she has a couple of conversations with Wanda, you know, about losing her own mother, someone that's most important to her and mm -hmm. how she dealt with it and had to get along. And then at the end, she commiserates with her like I understand if I had your powers you know I actually probably would bring my mom back mm -hmm. yeah um the moment when Monica got her powers was one of the most beautiful shots that I've ever seen in a superhero show and I would parallel it to so that and the moment where Wanda truly becomes a Scarlet Witch they kind of reminded me of the no man's land seed and Wonder Woman so I feel like she made such a choice about seeing things through despite them going completely against her plans. Like her plans just got shot out the window by the blip. Everything that she thought her life was, was gone. And she felt like she didn't have anything to lose. So this orderly path that she was on to become director of S.W.O.R.D. Like she was on this track and the it's off the rails now so i like that she she was like her mom she was willing to take this crazy risk not knowing if she was going to come out the other side of it because it was the right and necessary thing to do and her mom being the voice in her head at so many points and her true north i they did such a good job with portraying that despite her you know no one in the show aside from Wanda Vision really got that much screen time she got more screen time than you know like Dottie in the neighborhood but <laughs> they still managed to pack a lot into very small amount of screen time oh where do you think they go with uh, Monica from here obviously I think Everyone knows she'll be Photon. That was her mom's nickname in the MCU. Do you think she'll be on future seasons of Wanda? Do you think she'll be in the Captain Marvel movies or potentially get her own stuff? I She's certainly going to be in the Captain Marvel movie. Um, they, they're doing a secret invasion show, right? Uh, I think so. So if she is going up in space to see Nick Fury, if Nick Fury is regrouping the Avengers somehow or starting some different like I don't know space force arm of the Avengers I could definitely see her show up in Secret Invasion um I would like to see her be a mentor character to some young Avengers because she even though she's new at her powers too she's going to be older than a lot of these other characters 
Um, and it seems like there were hints that she had some kind of falling out with Carol. Mm. So uh, I'm excited to see what they do with that. If they're going to be at odds or if they're going to have to be forced to work together for some reason. But I, but I really don't know any plot details about Captain Marvel 2 or if there are any plot details out. Yeah, the Captain Marvel 2 could go a lot of ways. Um, I guess when Captain Marvel 1 was set in the early 90s, um, so something for Monica could be that, you know, Carol is off saving the universe while her mom who was Captain Marvel's, you know, ride or die best friend got sick even before or she wife. died. She was never there. Yeah. Or wife. That's true. That could be very I, possible. I mean, I think so. Yeah. But that's either neither way, here nor there. Either way, she wasn't there for someone she loved and cared about. Yeah. While Monica watched her mom, you know, she didn't actually see her pass away, but she watched her struggle. Yeah. That, that was probably you know, it, that Carol wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was real pointed. They put that in where Scarlet Witch could have beat Thanos. Well, you know, who could have beat her too? Captain Marvel. And she just has that look on her face like disgust. Like, don't bring that name up in the present. <laughs> I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's hear it. Okay. I think that Carol gave her cancer. Oh, from her that, powers. Yeah. I think that her being around Carol and around that radiation that. Monica thinks that that's why her mom had cancer. Is that crazy? I don't no, think that's, that's crazy. Uh, that uh, sounds like something that the Hulk has probably dealt with. I feel like in one of his comics with all his gamma stuff and the people he's had relationships with. And so <laughs> I that, think that, that it's a uh, it's like Doctor Manhattan and Watchmen. So I oh, keep bringing yeah. in like things outside of Marvel, but his. <laughs> His former wife, I think, her former mm-hmm. girlfriend, I think, had cancer. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I read that book, but yeah, that, that's a good point. I thought about it. that makes a lot of sense. Maybe you should be writing for them. So <laughs> I should be writing for a great many things. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so we'll, we'll deal with that podcast next. <laughs> um, so we talked about a lot of the characters in the show. Um, let's talk about. Um, Pietro, um, Wanda's brother, who was in the MCU timeline, he was killed during the events of uh, Age of Ultron, or or twin brother, the super speed. Um, And in this series, we were introduced to Pietro, but from the X-Men series that Fox owned, uh, Evan Peters played him. Um, In that series, he is aware that Magneto is his dad, um, although he never tells um, Magneto in the movies. Um, and this one, it's implied that, you know, Magneto doesn't even exist in the MCU. They're just um, kids to two Sarkovian people who were killed in an attack by the U.S. So what did you think of Pietro? And uh, what did you think about Ralph Boner? So stupid. <laughs> so dumb. Just, uh I, I think you need to go first on this one so I can gather my thoughts. Yeah, so I thought it was really stupid, uh, personally. Uh, like you said, it, it's the, a big troll move, and they're better than that. If you're going to troll, troll something not as big. So when the cliffhangers, like I said, they're really good at, when Pietro shows up at the door at the end of episodes three or four, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's Pietro. That's the one from, you know, Days of Future Past mm-hmm. and Dark Phoenix and um age of apocalypse like oh man i thought he did really well it's like the younger kind of annoying like if you ever watch like x-men evolution the cartoon kind of mm-hmm. that version of uh pietro and i was like oh this is going to open 
the forbidden door. This is going to be a way they can start the crossover to bring in mutants and people from the other shows, um, Deadpool, Wolverine, hopefully Gambit gets some stream time, Jubilee, people they haven't used, and the old favorites like, you know, Cyclops and Beast and all of them. Mm-hmm. And then all of it to be paid off with a dick joke in the final episode where it turns out that he was uh, the missing person inside Westview and it was Agatha all along again, just gave him a necklace to appear as Pietro, but he knew so much. He knew about Wanda's um, past um, in the MCU. Um, he even had that line mentioning, well, your dead husband can't die again. And she like hurls some yards into a brick wall. And I'm just like, you know, people having theories about this as soon as they saw it, like they can't act like they didn't know that wouldn't happen. Here I am, you know, talking to you, talking to everybody like, oh my goodness, I love X-Men. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. No, it's a dick joke. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it made, uh, I'm not going to make that joke I supposed to make, but yeah, it was uh, deflating that way. <laughs> okay, so yes, it, everything that you said, I think that the fact that they didn't bring in Aaron Taylor Johnson was such mm-hmm. a mistake because they are better than just trolling the fans. Unless this was a very calculated move of showing of showing people that you know you were going in a completely different direction from you from what you expect, like a couple of things in the days after the last episode, we have I've, I've read about how this was not supposed to be the first post Endgame title. This was supposed to be like number four. So a lot of expectations are on this show to set the tone for what's going to happen in the MCU moving forward that were not original expectations on the show as they were creating it. So it would have made, it it wouldn't have been such a big deal to have Evan Peters there as sort of a meta joke breaking the fourth wall for people if this were the fourth title out the gate after Mm -hmm. Endgame, but it wasn't, it was the first one. So they should have scrapped the plans to make it just a joke. Uh, I don't think that he was Jimmy's missing witness. I think that there's been a lot of evidence of why he couldn't have been Jimmy's missing witness. Uh, Especially since, you know, Jimmy saw him saw that character so he would have we would have seen him say something on screen about like oh that's my missing witness that's not pietro that would have blown the whole thing open so i don't know that we're ever going to find out who the missing witness was or if that was just a way to get jimmy woo there i i if they had i i don't even care if they hadn't brought in the x-men like you know that's fine we've been waiting like 20 years we can wait Mm -hmm. longer but they could have brought in someone who she who agatha glamoured to look like pietro you know that she she was able to fake super speed for Mm -hmm. someone she could have made his face look like a different face Mm -hmm. you know so i think that uh yeah it just it doesn't make any sense to me and it felt very very hurtful because Wanda's already been through so much 
And I don't have a lot of really well-organized thoughts about it. I just think maybe there's some payoff about it that we don't know yet. Hmm. I, I hope so. I stayed up till about 3 a.m. Eastern time to watch the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was laying in bed watching it on my phone and then, went, oh, your name's Ralph Boner. I about threw my phone across the room mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. <laughs> I was like, come on. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I should give him more credit. They've they've done really well. I mean, who's who else can say they've crafted like, you know, 30 shows, movies, side projects together and had it all come perfectly together um, like it did in the last two Avengers movies. But still, the only Aaron Taylor Johnson thing we got was a subtle kick-ass joke mm-hmm. by Wanda. Uh, which was kind of cute, not gonna yeah. lie. Uh, once again, the Leonardo DiCaprio. Movie. Oh, I get it, I get it. <laughs> Just like when uh, Agatha says, "Oh, you're a Scarlet Witch." I was like, "Oh my God!" This whole time they've never called her that. And then yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, so I think we've covered most of the characters, unless there's any other little side ones you'd want to touch on. Hayward was such a bad dude, and I'm glad yeah. that he just ended up being bad and like the bigoted sort mm-hmm. of bureaucrat capitalist way and not like oh he's Mephisto like no he's uh-huh. he's just some dude who's an yeah. asshole let power go to his head mm-hmm. well he's probably already always like that to be honest but <laughs> yeah uh and it, and it was you know he exploited his friendship with Monica he, he mm-hmm. was someone who Monica trusted and then he just stabbed her in the back and this really crappy way but yeah that, that's all I've got on characters. What about the characters that didn't appear? Um, Doctor Strange, uh, potentially Captain Marvel. I know after talking to you, you kind of led me in the direction of maybe uh, Fantastic Four and Reed Richards might show up when Monica mentioned she had someone was a bioengineer. Um, and then I, I, this, I won't put this on Marvel. I got so deep and oh my goodness, it's going to be a big reveal. It's going to be a big review. It's going to be John Krantz, Fredinsky is, is Reed Richard to somebody. Oh, we're going to get Fantastic Four. And then it's like, oh, it's mm-hmm. just a, a scroll or Cree, either one. They're both tricky. Um, yeah. <laughs> but any any characters you did definitely anticipate? I think we all thought some kind of Doctor Strange would appear. I did think that Doctor Strange was going to show up. In my wildest dreams, I thought that it would be cool if Professor X or Magneto showed up. Mm. And then I watched a lot of videos. I can't remember who said this, that it didn't make any sense that Wanda showed up at S.W.O.R.D. by herself, mm-hmm. number one. Like, there wasn't, like, a single Avenger who was going to go and support her through that. And thing two, why did no one get Vision's body after Thanos took the Mind Stone out? Like, why did that get taken by Sword? Why Sword had it this whole time? Yeah, the thing that confused me also, his body would have been destroyed five years prior because he was he was killed and then the snap happened and, you know, two games five years after Infinity War. So have they been working on his body for five years? Did they just get it at, I might be missing something there. That's the question I had about the whole uh, body of vision. Like they hadn't cut through it. It's been five years since he technically died. Yeah, there, there's some timeline stuff that's real weird. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, someone else would have gone with Wanda. So mm-hmm. any Avenger, like Even old Ant-Man. Cap. 
Ant Man, yeah, Old Cap, yeah. anyone, uh, someone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Falcon or Bucky could have went with her. So. Yeah. Was there anyone who you really wanted to see or expected um, to see? I, I thought Doctor Strange for sure. Um, I thought Captain Marvel was kind of a pipe dream. I knew she, just because I saw um, Monica in it now that she's grown up, you know, there's a connection there. Um, but Darcy coming in, I didn't really expect anyone from the Thor series. I think um, they're probably waiting for Love and Thunder to come out to tie all that stuff back together. But yeah, I guess in a, sorry I was just gonna say I guess in a way I'm happy that Doctor Strange didn't show up because I like that it that Wanda resolved everything the way that mm-hmm. she needed to move past everything and then someone else didn't come in and clean up her mess she just you know had to deal with it but I expected to see him in her mountain cabin mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So when he hadn't shown up yet, I was like, okay, this is when he shows up. I kept waiting for that too. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) As for the plot of the show, um, did you like it? um, I think you touched on how relatable it was, whether they Mm -hmm. meant that or not. (laughs) They kind of fell into that. Um, What did you think of the romance theme? Especially I thought Vision's last words to to his wife were really, really deep. Got you in the feels. Um, was it predictable and what disappointments did you add and what would you change if anything so definitely was relatable because of covid and because of my own experience with grief and trauma was it easy to follow i think that after maybe episode three or four i felt like i understood the world and there wasn't anything that really like didn't make sense there was no like lost syndrome happening Mm -hmm. they tied up things pretty easily it was easy to understand oh that blinking light on the missile that she saw that's what that toaster commercial was about uh you know the easter eggs made a lot of sense i did not recognize them i had to go out and research afterward to find out what the easter eggs were but i think that everything made sense i definitely didn't think that it was predictable there were predictable aspects like agnes being agatha that was predictable but the direction that that went in was you know that could have gone either way she could have been a villain or she could have been helping wanda or a little bit of both like it ended up being uh i thought that the balance of action drama and comedy it was, I found it to be mostly funny, mm-hmm. e- even with the sad stuff. Um, episode eight was <laughs> so, so, so sad. And I'm kind of glad that they limited the really intense sadness to just one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that the tone changed so much from episode to episode, it could have been really disjointed but I feel like they made it work and then as far as how it wrapped up it wrapped up it's weird because it ended in the way that I did not want it to end but it somehow was perfect and very satisfying because I just wanted Wanda to have a happy ending I wanted her to find some way to save Vision and the kids 
and still take apart the hex. I wanted the big romantic happy ending and we didn't get that. We did get a version of Vision who didn't remember her. We did get her having to watch Vision die for a third time. We did get her losing her kids. We did get her being all alone at the end. And somehow it felt right because she finally accepted that this was not the way that her life was going to go. And that idea of what Vision said about grief just being love persevering I think that she now finally understands that understands that she doesn't have to have vision back for what vision for the thing that vision meant to her for that to have been valid uh yeah so and her costume was dope and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very excited to see her step into her power so i think it wrapped up perfectly and i like that they left it open with agatha that she'll be able to come and pluck her out of westview when she needs her yeah word on the costumes i really like them doing on the halloween episode the throwback classic comic book costumes old wanda and uh pietro and vision and even the kids uh had on like their superhero costumes, Speed and Wiccan um, for the Halloween costume. That was kind of cool how they went through the eras of superhero stuff too. And, you know, her costume at the end, very modernized version of what you would expect the Scarlet Witch to look for. Um, I don't think it was intentional. Maybe it was. Uh, the color scheme, the burgundy-ish color was closer to how Michael Fassbender's Magneto was dressed and his stuff. So they're probably just doing an Easter egg there too. As for the show itself, uh, this is more like a, a big picture thing. I have the same problem with The Mandalorian. Disney, how much money they have, like Infinity, right? Um, why are we getting <laughs> nine episodes and they're only, like, if you take out the credits, which are forever, um, you know, shout out to the people who did work on the show, but the episodes are like 25 minutes long most of the time. I just feel like they should be longer um, or there should be more episodes. That's just me. That's just the first world problem, I guess, nine 25 minute episodes. Now, the first and second episode, if those would have been longer, they might have lost the audience. And so we're just mm-hmm. world building on those. But just in general, I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I don't like that considering all the money Disney has. No, <laughs> I agree. I feel like they could have, in the back half, switched to 40 minute mm-hmm. and, you know, hour long episodes. I think that there was more there to work with. And if, yeah. if the, first couple of episodes have been an hour yeah it would have been boring as hell yeah I wasn't uh too high in the first two episodes like I said it reminded me of being at my grandmother's house and then how unfunny like 50s and 60s sitcoms are to me now not the, I don't think they ever were funny to me I'm sure one day uh whoever's listening to this 20 years from now when they watch Modern Family they'll think that show's stupid <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's pretty fun yeah um, uh with the with the 1950s episode um what was i gonna say that keep going i lost it'll come back okay i'll come back uh just interrupt me if you think about it um i think the show did a good job of keeping the seriousness with the funny charm marvel seem seem to have gotten that down dc not so much they can't always make up their mind 
um, which is fine with me if the show is completely dark. That's kind of my kind of jam. I thought there could have been more action. Um, now, uh, my friend Dave has been on the podcast. He says the reason he loved the show is because it's so different. It's not just you know these big bombastic fights. Really, there's just one big thing of action in the in the last episode, other than some a few minor things. Rwanda throws Monica out of the hex, and those Pietro, uh, sorry, Ralph Boner uh, across Westview for mentioning her husband was dead. My counter to that was this isn't like she's a street level mutant or power like she has like omega level powers and 30 mm -hmm. people out there she can literally alter reality shoot beams fly like i don't know i feel like there should have been a little bit more i'm not exactly sure where they would have put it other than like flashbacks um mm -hmm. but the flashbacks in episode eight were pretty well done with revealing like more torture for wanda the most tortured character ever mm -hmm. and um, it finally tied together, like, why are we seeing all these sitcoms? Like, one thing I might have changed is I might have sprinkled that throughout the show. Maybe that could have made it longer, like a part of every episode showing her and her brother when they were kids and Sarkovia, Markovia, um, watching these shows with her parents and something like that. But um, can't really complain with episode eight either. I just might have sprinkled it at different places throughout the show. But that's just mm -hmm. a minor gripe. Also, the last battle itself uh, reminds me of like an anime fight. So we have uh, Agatha versus Wanda. Um, Agatha clearly has the skill, as we've seen, to absorb witch powers when they showed her a little flashback. Mm -hmm. And the whole battle, she's got the upper hand, and she's also absorbing all this power from Wanda. And then Wanda just, you know, gets stronger and stronger and figures it out, which isn't a criticism of just the show. Um, it happens in every superhero movie. They just figure it out as they go along in the middle of a fight. Also, like, I love Dragon Ball Z. Anytime Goku wins, he should clearly lose. He just figures out a way to get stronger, go to a different level of Super Saiyan. Um, the runes thing was clever. That showed her thinking, but at the same time, there's no way she could have still had all that power after Agatha drained all that, right? But that's another minor gripe. It's just a bad superhero trope to me. I need to rewatch that final battle because I want to see like how many shots she was missing that were actually her casting runes mm -hmm. because I agree like I don't know how how she still had the power to do that but um sorry I'll let you finish your thought there was a there's a lot of stuff about the episode where she's kind of like dressing Wanda to Agatha's dressing Wanda down for not knowing her fundamentals which like if you are on witch talk at all or if you <laughs> know anyone in the pagan community like I I was chatting with my like witchy friends about mm -hmm. this and like she was doing her a favor she was teaching her like like bitch how come you don't have any wards up in your house <laughs> like why why do you not know the basics like read a book um yeah I thought that was really funny but sorry what were you gonna say oh nothing I, I was pretty much done now I kind of want to watch uh what's the movie The Craft mm -hmm. um the 90s movie they you know light as a feather stiff as a board and they do all the witchy stuff I, <laughs> I wonder don't know if that's how the actor. new one is it's not oh, okay yeah <laughs> You're the expert. This is something I don't know. The only thing I know about wards and runes is when you uh, cast them in an RPG or MMO. Um, other than practical use, I have no clue. 
Yeah. So what the runes reminded me of are uh, like this, this is getting like way in the weeds of like modern witchcraft practices. So in pagan communities, you hear the term chaos magic, and it obviously means a different thing from what's in the comic books. But one of the things in chaos magic is sigils. So sigils are symbols that you make that hold the power of an intention. So for example, like, uh, I am wealthy and everyone loves me, right? So you can draw a little picture that represents that. You can take the consonants of that phrase and arrange the lines and letters to create a symbol. So basically like you're creating something completely new that has that intention. It's kind of like a secret code. So someone looking at it isn't necessarily going to know what it means. And you can use sigils in all sorts of ways. Like say, if you want to be better at communicating with people, like you have a hard time expressing yourself on the phone, you could put a sigil in your phone case. And that like, you don't even have to believe in magic. It's just like basically a psychological trick that you play on yourself. But yeah, her doing the runes, uh, I think that there are pagans who will like draw runes, like maybe under your doormat or something like that to protect your house or like in the windows, like when you're cleaning, you can like do it with water and then wipe it off with Windex. So that, that would be the more like realistic version of what Agatha was talking about. So uh, stay tuned next month for the witchcraft podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll learn a lot. (laughs) I do see you uh, with uh, tarot cards on, um, on Instagram from time to time. So give her a follow on there. Yeah. I'm really, really into the tarot. We've started bringing it into the podcast too. So that's been fun. Uh oh. Okay. So we talked about Wanda's battle. Now uh, the vi- the battle of the visions. Um, that was a stark contrast. You know, they started off shooting lasers and punching each other, and then they use intellect um, with the uh, forget the name of it. The thing about the boat and stripping the parts and replacing them. The ship um, of Theseus. Ships of Theseus. Yeah. I wanted what to ask you-, you about that. Like, okay, go ahead. what do you think about that riddle? Uh, I thought it was, it made you think, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. Um, now, I don't have a ship, but you could think about it like a car or something. Like if mm-hmm. something goes wrong with you, like this summer, um, I had to replace the back of my car. And, you know, it, you, you couldn't tell the difference that it's new because it's uh, colored the same. There's no scratches or anything on it. But is that still my car? Is it the new car? Or, um, I think the correct answer that both visions are visions, if the military vision um, has the memories, which I think the real vision unlocked by touching his mind stone area. He's the real vision, but so is the vision that Wanda created. Um, I don't know if there is a right or wrong answer. I think it's something Socrates would ask. It's supposed to make you think or something. What do you think? Uh, this is one of my favorite philosophy questions. I remember reading some essay about this and it was like about the Hunger Games, like PETA getting his memory wiped. Like, is that still PETA if he doesn't remember things or if he remembers things differently? What makes identity? Is that he's, is it that he's in the same body? Um, 
Is it memories that make identity? Like if you are you and you get bopped on the head and you have amnesia, are you still Bryson or are you a different version of Bryson? And what is the link between you? Or say you have all your memories, but like you are in a horrific accident. <laughs> you, they take your brain and put it in a cyborg. Are you still Bryson because you have the same mind? but your body's different. If someone starts working out and they get super buff and they look like a completely different person, are they a completely different person? And then like with the ship of Theseus thing, I kind of think like if you're replacing a boat plank by plank, it's kind of like each plank gets to know the older planks. Like if yeah. you did it all at once, then you're just like building another. Yeah. It's, it's being assimilated into the, yeah bigger boat yeah yeah i'm glad you got where i was going with that mm -hmm. because as soon as i started talking i was like this isn't gonna make any sense yeah i got you i'm, I'm not that dumb <laughs> yeah but no i'm that dumb that's what i'm saying <laughs> no you're not no you're not <laughs> well thank you um no, like, no one could explain witchcraft like that or <laughs> i mean you just thoroughly explained someone could explain it much better than that <laughs> well i don't know anyone that can so um, a, a little like witchy Easter egg was like, um, there's a term in pop culture, baby witch, which is kind of like a derisive thing for like people who like practice witchcraft after watching some TikTok videos. So when, <laughs> a, when Agatha called Wanda, so what I'm seeing is a baby witch who, whose powers would have just died on the vine if not for the mind so i was like she really just called her a baby witch like that <laughs> <laughs> took me out yeah i play the jamaican ear horn that's when they really started fighting she went too far mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> scarlet witch not baby witch yeah Agatha. <laughs> so um to, to wrap it up what did you think about the what would you rate the show so since this is the Crab a curious podcast. We always rate out of five crabs. What would you rate it out of five crabs? Uh, I would do 4.75 crabs. So like it lost mm. like an arm. Okay. I would, <laughs> can crabs regrow arm? No, maybe not. I'm thinking of uh, salamanders and geckos and stuff. I'd give it four out of five. Okay. Uh, I thought it was really good. It was different. Uh, so I, I probably wanted a little bit more action. I thought uh, the first episodes, I understand their importance of world building. Um, they could have made that one. And then I think right before the finale, it kind of dipped again and climaxed again. Um, so I wasn't, wasn't bad by any means. I would recommend this to anybody, whether you watch superheroes or not. You might need to get a little bit back of background of what's happened to Wanda and Vision. Um, don't necessarily have to watch all the old movies, but read about it. I'm sure there's uh, YouTube compilations that sum up there. Yeah, basically all I did was watch YouTube compilations because I did yeah. not have the background. Of... <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I, I'm, no, a, I'm a fake geek girl, everyone. You can't. I mean, there's <laughs> literally a thousand movies you can't watch. Yeah, them all, which lead to my next question: uh, Where would you compare this to other streaming superhero shows or superhero shows in general? Um, anywhere from like titans to daredevil to even the arrowverse shows if you watched any of them i know you've watched those um mm -hmm. there's so many even i haven't watched them all i still haven't watched the third season of daredevil or jessica jones because they canceled them but they might be back maybe 
Yeah. Uh, WandaVision broke the mold. It wasn't like any other superhero show. The last episode was the only one that really felt like a superhero show. Um, mm-hmm. There was a big bad, but we didn't even know who the big bad was for most of it. For most of it, the big bad really was Wanda. Yeah. Or, and Wanda's grief. Um, so it was... It was creative and it didn't rely on so many of the tropes mm-hmm. of it. It it made them more like it's funny, they took like the the most powerful Avenger and they made her story one about being a regular person. Like a sitcom character is basically like meant to relate to everyone and be an mm-hmm. every man, every woman kind of character. So they took the most powerful person instead of focusing only on how powerful she was, they focus on who is Wanda as a human being. And I thought that that was cool. I think that sometimes uh, shows like the Arrowverse that the relationships and stuff are an afterthought and you hear criticism from fans that are like, you know, less romance, more, fighting more comic book stuff i like that this did the opposite of what a lot of the criticism of shows like that would do and it makes it does make me really excited for falcon and winter soldier and loki because those shows falcon and winter soldier looks like a buddy action comedy so it kind of looks like something that's within the mold so i'm kind Mm -hmm. of like after how unique wandavision was i feel like yeah like i could do like a bro comedy Mm -hmm. action movie right now like that's a good palate cleanser after all that sadness yeah so speaking of those um so you already mentioned falcon and winter soldier i think that'll be like you said your stereotypical superhero but buddy cop buddy thing you know winter soldier being the straight man falcon kind of a little bit funnier um maybe in in romance what we refer to that is like one is grumpy and one is sunny yeah yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Um, although it looks like from the previews, Winter Soldier is a little less serious. Maybe it's just because he cut his hair. <laughs> um, long hair, don't care. Uh, so Loki... Did, they took the stick out of his ass in Wakanda. Uh, yeah, you know, you got some culture. That's what the culture <laughs> does for you. <laughs> uh, so, like, uh, um, Loki, what do you think? How, how do you think that one will go? I'm not as excited about that one, but I'm really excited about Loki. It looks like it's going to be, I'm getting Doctor Who vibes from that one. Oh, okay. I can see so that. I think it's going to be as weird as WandaVision, but even weirder for like it being settings outside of Earth. Yeah. And the, I guess technically the Loki in the show will be the Loki from the first Avengers movie, according mm-hmm. to how uh end game went so he might have to learn some stuff and at that point i think his relationship with thor is still a lot more fractured so mm-hmm. and of course he can do all that time and interdimensional jumping too so who knows bad um, loki is what the ladies like so uh, uh um <laughs> yeah yeah good for him <laughs> what about um you mentioned miss marvel what are your hopes for that show <sighs> you know i I watched the, they, they haven't released a real teaser. They just had a casting teaser of when they told <clears throat> the actress that she got the part and she was basically it from the beginning as soon as they auditioned her. And I burst into tears because 
that that is a comic book that I have read and kept up with. And I know that character for it's so rare for me to encounter someone in comic books first and not go back to comic books after seeing them in the show and movie. So Ms. Marvel is like my child to me. And I don't have expectations because I want to be surprised. and I don't want to get my hopes up too high. So I'm just very open-minded about what they're going to do. I hope they do it well. Um, She was a big Avengers video game came out this past year and she was the main character, Miss Marvel. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I feel like we can all relate to her because she's like a fan too. Yeah. She's like a conduit for us reading the comics or watching the show. Like she's just a kid fun loving she gets these powers and has a sense of purpose and she does a lot for representation obviously there's not off the top of my head other than maybe um the ill ill named isis in dc um you know she's also in legends of tomorrow um it's like uh, you know someone of middle eastern descent woman you know doing these great things um so yeah i hope it's just charming and fun and yeah. i'm sure it'll have its it's serious stuff in there too and then put her in captain marvel since you know that is her idol <laughs> yeah i i have no idea how they're going to tie that into captain marvel but you know uh, i'm sure it'll be something really cool and the other one i know has been confirmed she hope do you have any expectations or thoughts about that one it's tatiana maslani who's going to play her right mm-hmm. i think so yeah so she's very pretty and I never watched Orphan Black but I I know that I've seen her in something but I can't remember what uh she's talented and I am curious how they're going to make her look because Mm. she Hulk is she Hulk all the time yeah yeah it's it's not not like Bruce Bruce, switches back and forth so like kind of what we got with the Professor Hulk preview and Endgame Mm. I think that's what we're going to see with she Hulk and that could go really wrong. Yeah. I think they'll probably, whenever this show comes out, they'll probably build to that. I feel like maybe the second half of whatever season it has is when she'll be that version of her. Oh, that's and a good point. Like maybe first, she switches yeah. back and forth in the beginning. Yeah. In the first half, she'll probably fo- focus more on, you know, Jennifer Walters, the ace attorney, and then something happens towards the end of the series and she comes in to she try to make you wait for it um but i could be wrong that's how i would do it personally i like that idea i also wonder what the tone is going to be because in the only she hulk graphic novel that i read Mm -hmm. it was kind of like ally mcbeal but she hulk (laughs) like you know it was she's just like a single gal and she was dating and she was kicking ass her career and she was also she hulk yeah I, uh, a personal hope for me since, you know, they have the rights back to their Netflix shows now. And I guess Jessica Jones isn't with Luke Cage necessarily the Netflix show. He did date She-Hulk for a bit in the comics. So maybe mm. just get my mans back. I need, I need Luke Cage back. Sweet Christmas. Need that would back. be very cool. Yeah. But I mean, of course you would think the Hulk would be tied into that. That's literally his cousin. Mm. Um, but we never, we never know. We never know. They've now let us know that our our knowledge and our ability to Google things is mm-hmm. worth nothing. Yeah, for all we know, <laughs> Squirrel Girl will be in it, the most powerful superhero of all time. <laughs> if you don't believe me, guys, look it up. She really is. <laughs> 
squirrels are very strong. Um, yeah. Have you seen any of the Marvel Rising cartoons? I've I've seen um, there's what like four or five of them on Disney Plus. Um, I think I might be getting confused with something else. No, I think you're right. Uh, I I don't think I maybe watched one or two. I know there's one about young heroes. There's a whole like other young Avengers thing with Miss Marvel and Spider Man. Might be the Miles Spider Man. I'm getting this confused with something else, but no, I, no, I think that you're right. But the, the okay. one that I've watched, it was Ms. Marvel and Squirrel Girl were best friends. And it was just okay. the two of them were a crime fighting duo that then got sucked into some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Avengers stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that was cute yeah. and fun and worth watching if you have Disney Plus and you're like, well, I've got a week before Falcon, two weeks before Falcon Wilson's Winter Soldier premiere Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true um there's a lot of stuff on there in the superhero section um is it from the old x-men to uh, there's been several spider-man animated series i only remember the one for the 90s and i looked on there there's like six um even a crappy 3d looking one that used to be on mtv <laughs> <laughs> but um, i yeah, vaguely that, remember that one yeah it didn't look too good even at the time um <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> So before we wrap up here, do you have any bold predictions or things you'd like to see in WandaVision or some outlandish theory? So when we look back a year from now, I'll be like, you know what? Liz was right all along. So I think that she is going to find a version of her children in the multiverse, but I think that they're going to be already grown up. Mm -hmm. How that is going to come about, I'm not sure who the father is. I'm not sure. Um, can she make children out of pure love the way that she made vision out of her memories and the part of the Mind Stone in her? Uh, I don't know. Could they be birthed from the Mind Stone? Could she separate that aspect of her powers from herself? And will that somehow depower her, but she'll be happier for it because she'll have her family? So those are a couple of the ways that I think that they'll come back and I think that maybe this won't be in season two maybe this will be introduced in a movie and then a season two will show the progression of that but I think that white vision is going to make an effort to get to know her and she's going to make an effort to get to know him but she's going to feel uncomfortable because he's not her vision even though he literally is her vision but he he wasn't he's not this idealized version that she created out of her memories he's like her vision who's now been through a lot mm -hmm. and doesn't have all those feelings anymore so i think it's going to be like a like an estranged husband and wife who have been separated for a while trying to get back together trying yeah, to do some uh some growing pains it's going to seem probably in one episode that everything's all right and then something to hold them up and make us wait for it and tug at our heartstrings mm -hmm. yeah i also uh, saw a that, theory about white vision maybe being a mentor to some young avengers characters oh, so yeah, that's kind of a, interesting he's a uh, he's a mentor he's in i guess in a lot of the comics he just lives at avengers mansion or stark tower and works there and helps people out doesn't necessarily always fight you know he's super strong so yeah that, i think we're all in on this young adventures we got this yeah Marvel. We got how about you uh, i'm gonna give you a cop-out answer i will return I, I don't know what they'll do i think a lot of it will depend on uh 
how this Doctor Strange in the Multiverse movie goes. Mm-hmm. Also how Spider-Man, what's it called? No Way Home, they officially titled it. Mm-hmm. That seems like that's going to also open some kind of forbidden door with, you know, them casting Jamie Foxx and Tom Holland. You never can believe anything he says um, about <laughs> Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield aren't in it. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Can't trust you. <laughs> you know how to keep your lips closed. I, um, I think that Tom Holland doesn't know. Yeah, you probably shouldn't tell him anything, honestly. I think that they probably, like, spend three times as long filming a Spider-Man movie as anything else because they probably have him, like, filming fake scenes and don't That's tell true. him. And, like, he doesn't find out until he watches the movie the what, what it actually, what was the actual plot. That's true. True. Also, I think uh, when they confirm Deadpool will be R-rated in, in the MCU, obviously, since he just breaks the fourth wall anyway, he'll probably tie a lot of stuff together just because he's a well kind of a mutant with Wanda so uh, I just hope for um, craziness but I don't think there'll be any more sitcoms in the upcoming seasons unfortunately do you think that there will be some other kind of narrative device yeah yeah I think just because it was so different and obviously it worked very well they're not going to morph this show into the uh, stereotypical superhero show they'll keep it I don't know how they're going to keep it different, but they're going to keep it different, I would think. Because it would lose its charm if it didn't. I just had an idea. Okay, Uh-oh. so you know how in each episode of season one, it was a different sitcom decade, right? Uh-huh, uh-oh. <laughs> what if in every episode, what if Doctor Strange 2 opens up the multiverse, right? Uh-huh, uh-oh. But in season two of WandaVision, in each episode, she jumps to a different part of the multiverse and sees like what's up over there what's the situation with the vision over here is he single (laughs) okay and i slide into his dms that could work so she kind Um, of like pops into different realities every episode looking for the one that's the right fit that's true and there's a lot of uh, history there with you know comic books like I, i think the actual main continuity is what called marvel 666 maybe 616. 616, yeah. And there's been all sorts of different ones in every comic book, um, mm-hmm. whether it's DC, Marvel. So yeah, and I'm sure they throw a lot of Easter eggs about which world they're in. That is a great idea. So you guys, when um, you watch season two, hopefully a year from now, you can come back and Liz had it right all along. I'll be very excited to have gotten something right. And we'll just play this on loop. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, like this on loop. So um, before we go, anything else you'd like to share? Make sure you go listen to the Make Out Already podcast. What, uh, what kind of books or movies are you guys covering coming up? So we did an episode about our love of the Ice Planet Barbarian series, <laughs> and we, which is super weird. Uh, mm-hmm. Go listen to that episode because it's wild. And we are going to revisit that author's alien universe but like a different side of it in an upcoming episode Mm -hmm. with a book called When She Purrs. Uh, So that'll be the next one that we're covering. And then after that, I think that we're going to have, uh, so, you know, Stacey Abrams Mm -hmm. and, you know, she's a part of her. Yeah. Yes. Um, She uh, saved the 2020 election. Uh, She, uh, sorry, you don't do politics. But she, <laughs> on the show, I always forget that rule when I'm on here. Uh, that's fine. Uh, but she is, she also has written romantic suspense novels. 
so under the name Selena Montgomery. So oh, we are that. going to read one of her books coming up. So those are the things that a couple of the things that I can tease for you. And if you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on Instagram at makeoutalreadypod and go to our website, makeoutalreadypod.com. You can drop in your email address and it'll let you know whenever we have a new episode. There was some uh, great art on there about Sarah who's been on the podcast before. So yes, Sarah um, did our portraits and they're so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely are. So you guys follow that and uh, hopefully we'll one day we'll have you on something other than comic book stuff here. You have a lot, you know, a lot about a lot of things. So don't want to keep you in a box when you're on this podcast. Maybe one day we'll do a political one. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that, you know, get out of your comfort zone. It's true. No, but it's all good. It's good. I love talking about comic books. I'm really like just kind of a dilettante about them. Like I know a little bit about a lot of things and Mm -hmm. it's fun talking to people who have like a really in-depth level of knowledge. Yeah. Hey, and if you don't have an in-depth level of knowledge, all it takes is like a day looking through YouTube top 10 list and stuff and you'll be caught up. Like yeah, uh, like DC's doing this whole future state arc right now. I know I have no clue about it, but when it's over in a month or two, I'll watch a YouTube video and I'll sound like an expert. Yeah, fake it till you make it. Yeah, that's that's what I love <laughs> about comic books. Like any mm-hmm. level of your interest is perfectly fine mm-hmm. because there's like, you can go as deep into this or as surface level as you want and it's just a thing that we all enjoy and that's awesome awesome all right well thank you very much liz and thank you guys for listening thank you so much for having me anytime anytime